And welcome to the Two Medics podcast. Just a quick shout out to our sponsors, mah.uk.com for medical accountancy needs and also to lifelinehealthcaregroup.co.uk for the best locum rates. Hello and welcome to another Two Medics podcast. My name is Imran Nasker. I'm a consultant radiologist and yeah, it's just me by myself this time. Yeah, it's true. It is true. A few unexpected technical issues happened with the guests that we had this week and yeah, it just went completely wrong. Recording volumes were all over the place, so four different files and we just unfortunately had to scrap it. So we are Honestly, the people that were on the episode, who you are, I was really looking forward to having you guys on, genuinely. I really was, and I'm so disappointed that we haven't been able to get it going. No doubt we'll have you guys back, and you will all have the pleasure of listening to the guest or guests that we had uh, last week. So it's time for me to monologue a bit. Me, just you and me, we're talking to one another right now. This is me and you time without the uh, the other guy, Thrusha. <laughs> I'm joking. We all love Thrusha, don't we? So if you do follow Thrusha, great send him some love and if you don't then you should follow Thrusha and also send him some love but I know there's obviously going to be questions about wait do we uh, do we get along do we not get along look we do get along we do get along very well we've been friends for a, a really long time and yeah like anyone else we've had our odd disagreements over the years but I think we've got a lot of history there now to uh, to basically get through most things so look chill everyone relax uh, we're still friends we're still buddies so I decided to try and do something a little bit different this week. And I've seen this kind of links flying around on Twitter. And it was about like, what, giving anonymous questions or something. And I didn't really think much of it until it turned out I'd have to do this monologue. And I thought, yeah, go on. And I just see what happens. No one's really going to ask any questions, are they? And actually, we've got a lot of questions that have come in. Amazingly, some of you I haven't actually met in real life, but I know exactly who you are when you ask those questions. It's so obvious. And uh, yeah, obviously, some of you guys are ex-guests who've asked, and yeah, the odd running joke that's popped in. And the one that I'm like, that must have come from somewhere. Like, we must have been friends, or are we still friends? Yeah, you've, I feel like you're driving at a very particular point in my history when you've asked this question. But we'll get to those questions a little bit later. But we have to get through a few things that have been going on Med Twitter. And no doubt people have been watching Med Twitter burn this week. It's been an absolute bin fire, hasn't it? We all just need to get along a bit, don't we? It's completely amazing to, to sit there and watch, actually. And these days, I just watch. I don't really get too involved unless I absolutely feel like I have to. Look, I don't think that I think everyone who keeps up with Med Twitter is going to know that there is um an ongoing issue with the liberal wage and bursaries and that kind of stuff and wages and pay in general. And there's been a few, let's say, disagreements that have popped up. And I don't really want to go into it too much because obviously there's a lot of hearsay about everything there. And there's only so much you can really tell from the tweets and the replies and stuff like that. And I don't know. I just don't want to get, I don't want to get into any sort of litigation situation here, people. In fact, we did actually have a situation with the Two Medics podcast where we did talk about someone and we generally make it a rule that we try not to mention the name of someone, especially if they've had a particularly bad tweet, because you don't want to basically cause pylons, right? And so we did talk about a particular tweeter who tweeted something quite, we felt was negative from our point of view. And this particular person, this tweeter, got back to us and said, look, I need that to be retracted as soon as possible and I will be looking at taking legal action, which I thought was a bit weird because we didn't even mention him in the first place. And then they were insisting that we put out an apology 
and retract what we said. And I thought, well, if you haven't mentioned you in the first place, if I go and put an apology, that kind of says who you are. So I did actually offer to do all of those things and raise my hopefully legitimate concerns with regards to putting an apology out in the knowledge that it may actually out the person that put that bad tweet out. And I don't think they've been on Twitter since. I've been checking and there have been no replies. And we did actually silently cut out that small area where where they were particularly unhappy because obviously... It's all fun and games. We try and make a bit of a joke about it. We don't really want to upset anyone. Not not, not really. It's more of a conversation about what's going on in the big bad world out there. Right. So without my my partner, Thrusha, on this, it's going to be, hopefully, I hope it's not boring. I really, look, I apologize in advance if it is, because I probably rant a bit and I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know why you guys even listen to me. But anyway, so let's go through some of the tweets that have come up this week. And there was one particular tweet that really, really intrigued me or made me giggle because I recently was in the same situation or similar situation with my ID card. Someone, Liam Barker, who I've seen around on Twitter. So it says, today I've had three referrals rejected because the information was on an old form. The new form is exactly the same. Stuff like this really pisses me off. And mate, I completely know exactly where you're coming from. This happens again and again in the NHS. We just have the situation of like computer says no, computer says no. And I think all of us that are doing appraisals and ARCPs and all that kind of thing, we've all been there, haven't we? Like we've all been there, right? You've got to jump through all these hoops. You've got to do all this stuff and this land. Can we just get to the point, right? And with regards to the form, the point is you need something done. You're asking for some something to be done from someone. And they're going to turn around and say, actually, it's not on the form with, I don't know, the letter B in the corner or something. It's just completely balmy, isn't it? It really is. The other thing is I've noticed that I think what new F1s and or people have finished medical school and things like that. So congratulations to all of you. What an, an amazing achievement. It really is. It should never, ever be underestimated how big of an achievement that is to be able to get through a medical degree. And I, I think we joke that some degrees aren't as hard as others, which is true. But um. I think generally speaking, if you've made it to the end, congratulations, because there are so many life things that happen. There's so many challenges, especially with the costs that it is these days to go to medical school, like a really hats off to you. Well done. And I know me personally, and I may speak for a few, I guess I'm older now, right? A few older people. I don't think I would have made it through if I went back. I don't think I would have got in the first place. But then there are going to be a few people out there that... um haven't made it, who haven't passed, and now are going to watch their colleagues go through and they're going to be going back to do retakes and all that kind of thing. And I used to, I was one of them. I actually failed finals and I had to repeat. So for you guys, if there's anyone out there, I don't know, I don't want to say that I'm a good example, but I'm just saying that there is life after it and just be patient. And you know what? Yeah, just keep, just be patient, keep your head down, just be honest about what may or may not have gone wrong. And just work on it. That's what this is all about. And then just do all the things that make you happy. And I, I, as someone who's been a serial failure, and this is the odd thing about life, I think, and um, I've tried a lot of things and failed. And people never seem to remember the things that you fail. They seem to remember the wins. So that's fine with me, not too much of an issue. But my top tip for anyone that does fail something, I would say that, especially on the day, just take it easy, catch a movie, watch The Avengers or something, because it's real escapism. Make sure you spend lots of time with your family and friends, the ones that you haven't seen in a long time, the ones that you've said, sorry, I'm studying, I'm too busy, go see them. Because that's the fuel that keeps you going, right? Like when the think times are tough, when things are difficult, when you're stuck on a night shift, you have these memories of like your family and friends. And that's what life's really about. And I hope that's what comes across when 
whenever I am talking on the podcast and really trying to get across to you guys that there is more to life than medicine, which kind of brings us onto a tweet by Gar MC. I hopefully I've said that right. And he says, controversial opinion, medicine being a five-year degree with massively curtailed summer holidays is guided mostly by the perception that medicine is a, is really hard, much more than the reality, and it could be a four-year course if redesigned from the ground up. Any thoughts? So I think it's a very interesting discussion because I recently tweeted, oh God, I'm talking about my own tweets, but listen, I did tweet something recently where I half-jokingly said, how many of us really went to medical school? And the point was, me personally, I feel like I probably didn't go in all that much, or I wasn't really around. If you had to put all the time that I was around and put it all together, you're probably not even going to be looking at four years even. Like genuinely, I think, yeah, I wasn't one to turn up to much. And so it does make you wonder that if you were to make it sort of a proper nine to five job with the same kind of time off as you would have with a job, with no summer holidays, no no Christmas holidays and all the rest of it, then I reckon you could get through things much faster. And there's other issues as well with the training, right? We see this all the time, like medical students turn up and they're just completely ignored and that's just complete waste time, isn't it? Like there's just time that's gone that they could be trying to learn as much as possible and instead they're getting fobbed off. And so if that was sorted out, then you might not need to be around medical school that much. You may be able to churn out doctors sooner rather than later, which kind of brings us on to the next tweet from NHS or Health Education England. People wanting to train as a doctor could achieve the degree by an apprenticeship route from or route, how'd you say that, for September 2023. HE has supported part organisations develop the medical doctor degree apprenticeship standard, which NHS organisations can now use. Now, I knew this is going to be an unpopular thing. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. As soon as this came out, I knew that this is going to be very unpopular. The idea that people don't have to go to medical school to become doctors. And I, what I always think to myself is when people, when you're unhappy about something, try and ask yourself truly why you're unhappy about whatever it is, right? And if you truly think that someone can't do an apprenticeship and then become a doctor, like if you really truly believe that, right, then... Fair enough. Then you've got a point. But if on some level you think that, no, they should get through what you went through because you had to do that, you had to do that to get there, then I don't think that's a very fair argument. And I don't think that's something that is very conducive to the future of the medical field, right? Because look, most of us get out of medical school, a lot of us get out of medical school not knowing very much. And you end up learning a lot on the job. And the more you do the job, the better you get. And look, I'm a radiologist. How many scans did I really look at during my medical school years? Next to none. I didn't even know really radiology was a thing, like as I knew about it on the background. Not really, though, until I became an F2. And then, hey, a long story short, I bumped into someone and they said I should apply, like most other origin stories. They encouraged me to go and I ended up doing it. But the point is, like... um, did I really need medical school to do what I do right now? I'm looking at pictures and yeah, there's a bit of medical knowledge and sometimes it's quite, I guess it's useful to have a a bit of a medical conversation with another doctor in the same way that you may have a medical conversation with someone when you bump into them at dinner. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I just question whether we can actually, there is a way to do an apprenticeship and a way for more people to become doctors. And the thing is, there is a barrier of entry right? Like to becoming a doctor these days. Like it's not just about the grades. It's about the, how much it costs to go to medical school. It's not just about how much it costs, it's about how much time that goes trying to go to medical school. And so there's going to be a whole load of disadvantaged people who are more than smart enough. Like way, like the, I think we all have, we met plenty of people who are probably doing these dead end jobs. And you just think, 
you are so clever. I don't think you realize how smart you are. Like, I wish you had half the opportunities I did. And it's just the way the world works right now is that not everyone gets the same opportunities. So if that's an opportunity for someone to, I don't know, better their life and do well, then why not? And I just think there's too much, too many people looking at each other and trying to figure, trying to, I don't know, what well, I guess we say pull the ladder pull the ladder from beneath us. And I think it kind of, it can start from this point as well. Like when you're talking about people who may actually benefit from doing an apprenticeship style thing rather than going through those, like those lectures, mate, like how useful were those lectures really? It's, I was so bored in so many of those things like biochemistry, all that stuff. Like, oh man, honestly, it really just, I don't know. Look, I think it's a better plan than some of the plans that they come out with, right? Because coming on to another tweet, there was, I mean, it was in the junior doctor's Reddit. They basically quoted something else, essentially. I think it was a BBC or something where they've said that overstretched hospitals are ordered to immediately find more bed capacity. It's like, great. Yeah. It's like one of those things that are just obvious, like we need more beds. But then it's like, well, just say you get more bed capacity. Like, all right, well, go on then. Explain how you're going to do that then. I just think that these things are just sort of political sound bites in the same way that they would say something like, oh, we're going to build more hospitals. I said, well, all right, but then who are you going to get to staff those hospitals? We can't even staff the ones that we have right now. It's absolutely amazing, isn't it? But then people lap it up and that's what you have to understand. When it comes to this political game, people really like very short messages, very simple stories. And you'll see it again and again. When countries go to war, when big things go down, it's very easy to be like, look, these, these are bad and this is good and this is what we're fighting against. As soon as you make it more complicated than A versus B, right, then you're going to have a hard time to convince someone to to go for it. And when you're talking about the general public, and I, I don't mean it in a sort of derogatory way, but a lot of people just aren't into voting. They're not into voting. They're not into this stuff, right? And their ears will only perk up when there's certain things that affect them. And these certain things that affect them are going to be simplish things that aren't too complicated. They're not worried about how many doctors there are. As far as they're concerned, there's enough doctors that are sitting there doing the work. And as far as they're concerned, doctors are part of the problem because politically, unfortunately, doctors have really found themselves on the back foot. We've constantly having to try and say, look, we're worth this much. We work really hard for what we do and we should get compensated as much. For and it brings us on to this other tweet from Johnny, another ex-guest, Johnny Gookin. And he says that every time someone on here asks for free parking, someone who doesn't do rotations or ridiculous hours reveals their privilege in the response. And he's completely right. It's the same thing with doctors pay as soon as you start saying that we should get paid more and etc that you'll have some someone turn up and say oh it should be a vocation it should be you shouldn't be like that it's not about the money and this is what i said in the most one of the more recent episodes that when people come out with stuff like that they're generally coming from a place of privilege like they they don't have they probably don't have to worry about mortgages and food and roof over their head and they're probably quite a long a lot far along the way or they've come from decent back or not decent but a privileged background so then of course they're going to say that they can't relate to that of course they're going to say it's not about money of course they're going to say oh why are you fussing about parking you shouldn't really be too surprised when it comes out when people come out with these kind of replies to these these kind of tweets in fact i put a tweet out i think i was driving it on friday and the original episode that we had on Thursday, we were talking about vocation and all that kind of thing. And I decided to tweet about it because it's really on my mind. And uh, I get this a lot. Like I get people 
uh, asking me about like even the basics like radiology why are you doing radiology you don't see patients anymore you're not a real doctor and it's like well it doesn't really bother me like i'm still helping people i'm still doing what i got to do but it, the other thing i find is that if i if i leave at five or if i come across it's all about pay which i know i play it up a bit i don't do things for free really when it comes to work anyway but then someone will turn up and say well that just means you're not a good doctor and it's a bit like well no, that's not how it works. Or they'll say something like, oh, you don't care about people, you don't care about patients. And it's a bit like, well, no, you, you, there's no point in putting arguments together, right? There's no point in slapping on different arguments like pay is pay, work is work, caring about people is caring about people. And those are all different things from one another. Doing one more than the other, more than the other, doesn't take anything away from the other things, if that makes any sense, right? And so the point is, I guess I've had, I think a lot of us had a hard time in training, right? And you've met, I'm sure some of you met some very difficult characters. And I definitely met some very, I don't even, I'm not going to sugar, some horrendous people, like absolutely horrendous people, like to the point that you're thinking to yourself, like how are you even a functional person? Like you're so like evil to the core, but they were fantastic doctors. They were fantastic. And they, I'm sure they cared about the patients. The patients felt like they were cared by them. But I knew what they were really, I knew what they were really up to. And I knew how much they were bullying me and being racist and all that stuff. And they really, and those are the times when you realize to yourself that the outcome is not always aligned with the intention behind it, right? And so when it comes to trying to make more money or trying to work for better hours, that's all they are. They've got nothing to do with the actual care and doesn't actually have anything to do with how much you care. Like you could get, care very passionately about your job and still do a good job. And you could have no passion for your job and still do a good job. The intention is actually irrelevant with regards to how you do your job. The job is the job. And there's varying reasons for people to do what they do, right? Some people are genuinely there to help people and they're wonderful. But I think some of us are a balance of both, right? You want to help yourself as well. Like you don't want to completely ruin or your life and existence and have a miserable life right you want to also be able to afford some things uh, obviously there's some things that are probably a bit too out there like having your own cinema or something like that in your house are still possible i know people like that but like you, you just want to have a nice life and there's nothing wrong with that and if you're finding yourself in the situation where you're doing what is a very important job like healthcare and you're still struggling for like a basic living then yeah i think you've got you've you've got well within your right to say that I need, I should be compensated, but that doesn't mean that you don't care about people. It doesn't mean you do a bad job. Those are separate things altogether. But anyway, moving on to a tweet from Julia. She has tweeted something about someone who may be taking their job a little bit too far. Okay, so I'm going to quote tweet what they've quote tweeted. Being a cosmetic surgeon means... So this was basically about originally about a 13-year-old girl who was left disfigured and psychologically traumatized after Melbourne cosmetic surgeon removed her labia and clitoral hood. And then she's quote tweeted something else where she says, being a cosmetic surgeon means I look at everyone through cosmetic surgeon eyes. Ooh, he said, if I go to the beach, I don't see women in bikinis. I see a collection of problems. When I look at my daughters, I scrutinize them too. And I've carried out liposuction on three of them. Other parents avail their children of their area of expertise. My area is, is cosmetic surgery. So why shouldn't I do this? Wow. <laughs> You're basically telling me there's a cosmetic surgeon out there that's not only looking at women as problems, they're also what, liposuction their kids, feeling good about it. I feel like that's a really messed up thing. I don't know. Is there equivalent in many other things? Can I, well, I don't know, scan my kids for fun? I can't, I don't really know where to go with this one. I just feel like this person's got such a big ego and don't really see people as people, 
right? They're just seeing them as problems and not seeing anything behind it. I think someone like this has probably gone a bit too far, genuinely. I think I think uh, this is it's quite sad, isn't it? But there there was someone that I felt as though had quite a bad sentiment, and I'm not going to mention the name, and I'm going to say too much about the tweet in particular because they have since issued an apology. But it was going on along the lines of, I'd rather have a PA than have an F1 because a PA doesn't need to have a mandatory training. I don't teach them everything about my particular subspecialty. Basically, they were saying that the F1 is a bit of a waste of time and a bit of a lost cause. With that kind of tweet, the sentiment you can see really isn't about helping your fellow doctor, the whole apprenticeship thing, trying to learn from one another or anything like that. It's about, I'm trying to provide a service and you're not providing that service and you are a tool for me to use to be able to provide that service. And this is the thing, right? When you get someone like that, it's a real shame because all they're thinking about is how to get the job done and they don't care about you and they're just going to be just basically using you to get the job done. And they've since apologized and said, look, they may have worded it wrong. And although fine, it was a good apology, et cetera, et cetera, you have to do, you have to question where that sentiment came from in the first place, like bad day or good day. The fact that you even said that must mean that on some level you're thinking along the lines that F1s are a waste of your time. Uh, junior doctors are a waste of your time or they're not really pulling their way. And the thing is, if you've got a problem with, I don't know, the, you think that they're not good enough for whatever reason, or they're getting time or taken away from the job that they should be doing, then that's a training issue. It's got nothing to do with the individual, does it? Like maybe you should go do something about that rather than go tweet about it and upset a whole load of people. And I think the big Phil Lee, I think he has actually tweeted a very good reply, which is a sentiment that I share, actually, being a radiologist, having... You lot come in and asking for your scans and give me grief. He says, look, I know that there's a lot of strong feelings that some consultants might make disparaging remarks about PAs or F1s and prefer having one on their team to another. Let me be clear. This is not the case with me. I dislike all of you equally. Yeah, that's lovely. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, I'm just joking. I, I don't really hate anyone. I kind of joke. I don't even hate dogs all that much, believe it or not. I really, I just don't like them as much as, I don't know, goldfish or something because they just don't get in your way with anything, really, do they? They just sit there and look pretty. I just think that we should be thinking about, I don't think people are really appreciating each other and their work. And I think this is a common theme in medicine in general. Yeah, people take a dig at me for being a radiologist. They think I'm seeing right, which is true. I am working. Or people take a dig at GPs because they feel like they're not doing all that much and they're not doing the job they should be doing, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I guess it's that lack of appreciation that we don't really appreciate what each other do for one another because without one another, we, medicine just wouldn't exist, would it? How are you, you going to get anything done without one another? It's just completely impossible. Moving on to appreciation, there was the George's Cross that was given to the NHS as a whole. This was, I'll just read it. It was from M. Wilkinson Bryce, and she says, a hugely poignant day for the NHS. The George Cross recognizes our incredible staff, past and present, for the support of patients and communities, acknowledges their dedication, courage, compassion, skill, and the vital volunteers and partners. Thank you. And Nina Jar, one of our, I guess she's a co-host, isn't she? We prevented a complete takeover by letting them have the odd episode every now and again. No, it's an empty token. If they really wanted to show appreciation, then they could start by paying the NHS staff fairly for the job they do. This George Cross is meaningless. And I what? Absolutely, completely, 100% agree. And what you'll notice is that it's the same thing that happened with the previous industrial action. Yeah, it was too complicated, right? And so what ended up happening is that at the very end of it, they do not want to pay you anything extra 
at all, right? So if you say, if you go and say, listen, I'm not happy about the pay, but I'm also not happy about the hours, and I'm also not happy about the safety, and I'm not also, I'm also not happy about the cover available and all this stuff, then what they're going to do is say, okay, well, we'll swap everything else, but they're not going to pay you anything extra. It's just the way it is. I'm telling you, that's exactly the way it is. They'll do absolutely everything else but pay. And so this is another situation with the George Cross, yeah? They're going to say, oh, we're going to give you the George Cross to appreciate all the work that you've done. And yes, they gave us wonderful claps. And some of us may have used (laughs) the odd NHS discount during the pandemic to their advantage. But it's not the point, is it? Like, that's not, we're not getting paid enough for the work that we do. And we're taking year on year pay cuts again and again. So I just think that, yeah, the George's Cross, I think we all feel the same sentiment, the same as claps and all the rest of it. Just... Keep your claps, keep your George Cross, keep all of that stuff. Can you just pay us properly? And um, I don't know, I don't know the situation. Like I genuinely feel that I guess being the medical student that I was, the junior doctor that I became, the radiology registrar that I was, it's unlikely I would have left at all at any point soon. And I think it's mainly because I knew the end point was good. Like I kept seeing what the radiology consultants were up to and the lifestyles that they had. And I thought, look, I've just got to get through this and it's fine. It'll be fine. And I really sucked it up and took a lot and managed to get through in the end. And now I look back and think, yeah, it's worth it. It was worth it. Genuinely, if some of you guys are wondering, is it worth it to the end? I guess in my particular situation and from my various colleagues that have made it to the end, I think it is. I guess it's all personal, isn't it? What is it worth to you and where you're trying to get to? What I would encourage anyone out there to do is not to just meander way, your way through, right? Like have an endpoint, not just like, I want to be a surgeon, something. I'm talking about lifestyle. What kind of lifestyle and life do you want? What kind of hours do you want to be working? Where do you want to be? And have those kind of like things written down or in your thought somewhere so that you're not just going along the treadmill, which I think is a shame that some people do and the next thing maybe you're not entirely happy with the eventual outcome and i've met a few people who have gone through some really rigorous training and been deeply unhappy at the end of it and i guess it's because they got so fixated on the name of what it was rather than the actual lifestyle that it also involved right so anyway we have managed to get through to half an hour of me driveling on and I'm amazed, absolutely amazed if anyone has continued to listen to me for this long. I was going to keep going through more tweets, but I decided to try this new thing, which I've mentioned, where I was going to get people to throw in a few questions. And yeah, there's a lot of questions here. Fine. So let's go through the first one. My dream job. I think I've spoken to the, about this on a comedy sketch that I did. I wasn't joking. My dream job would be to do nothing. I would genuinely love to get paid to do nothing, right? The same way Kim Kardashian gets paid to do nothing but i would love to get paid to do nothing like this this question is oh if i gave you like millions and millions of pounds would i go back to work no i would do nothing no i I guess i wouldn't do nothing i would pick up more random skills i'd go to like chef school for a bit i don't know i just do stuff that i've always wanted to do and see the world and just pick up more skills i learned to play piano i'm not musical at all but it might be something fun but i don't know i just feel like there's more to life than work or something like that right anyway so yeah that's um that's my dream job, doing nothing. Okay, good. Okay, the podcast is great at being very diplomatic, not mentioning names of problematic tweeters, etc. Do you ever feel like you just want to throw caution to the wind and say what you really think? We have mentioned people in the past. In the very first few episodes, we did not think twice about mentioning people. It was only after I think there was some sort of legislation that like you could get done for causing pylons or something. And then we thought, actually, you know what? 
I guess it's not important the person that's saying it because look, the truth is when someone is tweeting something, you don't really know who they are and what they're like. And I've said this about a few med Twitter villains in the past. Like in reality, they might be all right. Yeah, you might not agree with everything. But in, you might actually get along with them because there are other things that you get along with or there's a few other things that you find that you've got common ground on. So I guess the part of the point is that we are judging the tweets. We are judging the tweets because they're out there, right? But we're not judging the people behind the tweets. That's not the point. Like we're talking about the larger conversation here. So if someone has a bad take, we'll talk about your take. I'm not saying you're a bad person. It's just a bad take. And if you do an apology and it's not a good apology, I say it's not a good apology, but I'm not saying you're a bad person. So hopefully that's that one out. Have you ever felt a bit stressed when a guest hasn't been quite as entertaining as you hoped? Yes. I think, you know what, for Through Show myself, I think we've been doing this for a while now. And genuinely, believe it or not, we have zero expectations with this podcast. Obviously, we love the fact that people listen to it. But if this is as far as it goes, and fair enough, it's fine. Now. We're going to, we're talking to each other regularly anyway. So it's not like a big deal. But we, I have certainly noticed that some guests, and hopefully I don't mean, hopefully you don't guys don't take it a wrong way, a previous guest, that you did look a bit nervous when you started. You genuinely look nervous and it's taken a while for you to get into it. And once you get going, it's fine. We're all good. But you can definitely tell there's a bit of nerves. You can hear it. So when I used to do the editing myself, which used to take me hours, I could hear it in the voice sometimes. Like, oh, they seem a bit nervous. Or you could hear them in the, if we have an extra guest, you can hear them, in the back, hear them in the background. Yeah, just seem a bit, sounding a bit nervous. In fact, we had one guest. This was quite funny. And I don't think they know this, but when I was doing the listening through it, I heard that they were talking to someone on the phone in the background. It was amazing. I don't know how they managed. I didn't notice when we were doing the podcast, but they managed to do it. But I only heard it on the on the editing later on. Okay, so next question. Who do you really want to get on the podcast, but I haven't managed to get on yet? Oh, it's tough. Dr. Glockenflecken or Glucomoflecken or something. I think he'd be hilarious. I think he has certainly shown me that you don't have to be that serious and you can do silly things on TikTok and Twitter and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, people, it's fine. People don't really hate you for it. So it's all good, man. It's, it's all good. Favorite medical student on med Twitter. God, I, I don't think I'm going to say that. I love you all, really. I, I really do. Okay. Do you have any tips for medical students? Yes, I do. For medical students, I would say, first of all, at the point in time that you are at, you don't have much money, most likely, but you've got time. You've got more time than most people. And that is amazing. You cannot put, now as I've got older, and I guess I might sound like a really old man saying this, but your time is so, so precious. It's beyond belief. Like you just don't understand like how it just flies by so quickly. If you said to me, Imran, you're a medical student yesterday, like my mind would probably be convinced of that pretty quickly, but it's been decades like since medical school. It just flies by so, so far. So I would, there's a real temptation to take things really seriously in medical school study all that time and do as well as possible. But I would like, this is controversial. I think some of it is a bit of a mirage, right? If that's the right thing to say, because I think we all get fixated on getting the top 10% of the med school and getting publications. When you finish medical school with all that top 10% and all those publications, you're an F1 like anyone else. You're right at the bottom and you have to work your way back up. And then, um, and again, it's to do with the end point as well. Like, where do you want to be and where do you want to go? And so for me personally, I did not really feel as though a good fit for me would be a big teaching hostel with really big personalities and doing all that publications and researchy stuff. 
But as in terms of like lifestyle wise, my life is pretty much the same. And for me personally, better than the people that were in those other places. But when I was a medical student, I used to look up to the, these kind of places and these kind of people think, oh, that's what I want to do. That's what you should be doing. But I, I never really asked myself the bigger questions that like, what do I, I want to be doing with my time? Where do I want to be? And am I OK with that? So, yeah, I guess that would be my big tip. Not take it too seriously, mate, honestly. And yeah, just don't take it too seriously. It's med school. Just to have fun as well. Yeah. OK. Would you rather have hands instead of feet or feet instead of hands? Yeah. It reminds me of that. What community episode with kick puncher and maybe a bit of a niche joke. OK. Would you be would you rather be seven foot tall and be super skinny or five foot tall and insanely hench? Come on, man. I think I know who asked me that. I'd rather be hench. Have you actually been asleep all those times that Thrusha said yours? Yes. Yes, I genuinely was asleep. Okay, so Thrusha knows this. A lot of people know this. I work a lot. I work a lot right now. And it's not because I have to. I don't have to work as hard as I do at all, actually. It's more because I'm trying to... Look, this is what I keep saying to everyone. Like, you've got to have aims. You've got to know where you want to be. So I have an idea about where I want to be in a year's time, financially speaking. And so therefore, I thought to myself, okay, look, just push yourself for a year and see where you are. And that's the whole point in me working as hard as I do. So I am working very hard and I do work uh, quite long hours at the moment. Uh, and that's, yeah, and that's why genuinely sometimes I just fall asleep. Yeah, it's, yeah, it, is that sad? Maybe it is a bit sad, but you don't have to work as hard as me. And I don't think a lot of people do. So that's fine. Whatever works for you. So what is your prediction for the potential strike action and outcome. Right. So if anything to do with what's happened with the last week and that whole Liverpool bursary thing where there's been a bit of infighting, I'm not going to speculate too much. We're not in for a good time, are we? Listen, I I don't know. I don't know. After last time, I thought I might have had it and then we caved. I hope that we're a different generation of people with different aims and goals. Uh, but I just don't, I don't, I think what you're up against are professional politicians. And unless we can somehow get a professional, someone on that level, a professional politician with the right think tanks and all the rest of it behind us, I think we've got a really hard thing to win here. But what I would say to everyone out there that let's say the worst comes out of this and we don't get a pay rise, right? What I would say is that, man, maybe this is unpopular, but it's to start to look after yourself more than you do already. If you don't, because... They're not looking after you. They're not paying you anything extra. So I'm not saying do a bad job, do a good job. I'm saying, I'm not saying not to work hard, do work hard, but work hard for the hours that you're paid to work and go home and enjoy the rest of your life because no one's patting you in the back and there's no financial reward for it. So there's, there really is no point if they don't, they don't concede to giving you the pay rise that I think we all deserve. Right. So if you offered me a million pounds, would you shave off all your hair, including eyebrows? Yes. Very much so, without a doubt. So if that's an offer, please do message me. I need proof of your million pounds. I need this written down in writing and I will 100% go away and do that. Yeah, so yeah, let me know. <laughs> okay, so how often do you dry clean your suits? About, I don't know, I think probably every two weeks to a month. Yeah, well, okay, listen, yeah. Um, allegedly, I might not be around that much to be wearing my suits all that often anymore. So I don't dry clean them as often as I used to. What is the worst organ? Clearly, it's the heart. Yeah, anyone who's interested in the heart seems to be weird. That's just my uh, personal opinion about such people. Okay, wow, there's, so, there's more questions coming in. Wow, okay. Why are no UK surgeons on your podcast? I don't like surgeons, that's why. No, I'm joking. I don't know. Maybe they're too busy to really be on Twitter. If you're a surgeon and you want to be on the podcast, drop us a message, man. Drop us a message. Let us know. Come on, favorite movie like you don't know me. I, clearly, that person knows me. Knows me. 
Back to the Future, undoubtedly, one, two, and three. And I think number two is an absolute masterpiece of everything, just a masterpiece. Scenario, oh, this one, this is one where I literally think that this must be someone that knows me. So I'm going to read this. Scenario, there's a girl you really fancy. After talking to her, you quickly realize that she could be the one for you. Only problem is that she has a boyfriend. Do you try and swoon this girl of your dreams or wait for them to break up if they break up? And she's giving you low key positive signals. Mate, I've been there. Move on. There are plenty more fish in the sea. Just don't do it to yourself. Do not do this to yourself. And this is why I think it's almost, come on, I feel no mean. You're trying to point at something in particular. So let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. Comfort food. Oh God. Burgers. Love burgers. My favorite comfort food is burgers. What do you think of all anonymous and parody medical accounts? It depends on what the purpose is for. I think, you know what? Twitter is a really great place to vent. So if there's something for someone to vent on the occasion, fair enough. Like you, you do what you've got to do. Hopefully you're not upsetting anyone. Try and try and shy away from upsetting anyone. But there are some anonymous accounts that you just think, look, you're just trying to upset people. Why are you trying to do that? That's just not nice. So I've got mixed feelings. I think it can be beneficial for some people to have an outlet. But I also think that some people are using that to to do for not good means. Have you ever? Oh, okay, this is someone who clearly knows me. Have you ever vomited in public? Yes, I have. Story behind that was I used to smoke a lot of shisha, not drugs or anything. It was shisha, hookah, the stuff on Edgeware Road. And um, sometimes it used to make me feel a bit nauseous. So we went down to Edgeware Road one day and I was smoking away and I was eating a shawarma, which is very tasty. And I may or may not have hurled the whole thing back up in the restaurant. Very embarrassing. What item do you always overspend on? Item do- yeah. I just- oh, God, you know what? Yeah. The kids. <laughs> Man, they're so expensive. Honestly. Who is your favorite Ninja Turtle? Wasn't it Michelangelo? He, he always seemed like a cool dude, man. I like Michelangelo. The one with the orange bandana. He was super cool. What, ha, what have you and Thrusha fallen out about? Was it the ketchup ice cream? Because that was low blow, dude. Hey, listen, yeah. Look, I'm going to look it up on the internet while we are here. I think that if anyone has the chance to go and check out this place in central London, it was near Kensington. It was called the Ice Cream Project. And I'm going to actually, I'm, look, I'm not getting paid for this. I think it's genuine fun. I thought it was really cool. It's called the Icing Ice Cream Project, and it's done by someone called Anya Hindmarch. They are doing this three-month pop-up shop or something, and they've got some really weird ice creams. Rolled oats, Lee, Perrins, Polo, salad cream, Heinz beans, mayonnaise, Frosties, ketchup, HP sauce, Cocoa Pops, custard, PG tips, soy sauce, and Lyle, Lyle's golden syrup. And I was, I went there and it was a massive queue. I went with my kids because I thought it'd be really fun. So we went on Saturday. It was a boiling day. It was lovely in central London. Got there and there was a big queue. And then they said, if you don't want to queue and try the ice creams and would rather buy the ice creams, you can go straight to the front. So I went to the front and I was thinking, what on earth am I going to buy? And I didn't feel so adventurous as to buy something too out there like soy sauce. But the Heinz one and the baked beans one is surprisingly good. And me being the good dad that I am, I got the baked beans one and I gave it to my kids first thinking, all right, if they think it's all right, I might have it. And they started asking me for more and they started shouting, they want more. And I thought, what on earth this is baked beans ice cream? This is just weird. And I tasted it. Yeah, mate. I'm telling you. I know, right? It was actually pretty good. I'm not lying. It was pretty good. It was actually very, very good. Right. So next one, what is the best present you've ever received? My son and daughter. Ah, Orthorusha. Ah, uh, what's the worst radiology quest you've ever gotten? Ulnar deviation of the toes. Come on, people. Where is your anatomy when you put something like that down? And also, 
The other thing, when you're putting in requests, yeah, don't put tummy, yeah, you're meant to be a medical professional. I'm not a child. Don't say tummy pain. And don't put explanation marks in your request. I mean, what is that? Like, these are professional documents here. Yeah, I want to be taken seriously. I'm a serious person. Okay, I'm playing around. All right, anyway, do you worry that the podcast is mainly preaching to the choir? I don't know. The thing is, I don't know. I am genuinely as honest, and I know Thrusha is as honest as possible. As we, I've never lied on the podcast. I've told you exactly what I think. And I think on some level to my own detriment, where I've spoken about work practices, my own and others. And so I don't think there's any sort of bigger game here beyond us talking to each other and giving our own genuine opinions about things. And I guess if that's part of preaching to the choir, then I don't know, man, maybe we're part of the choir. Um, Listen, I don't think I agree with everything that goes on. But the one thing I can promise you is I will not lie. I will not lie. And my close friends will know that too. Through show will hopefully know that too. I will not lie to you guys when I give an opinion or say something or talk about something. So at least you get something here that's genuine, even though it may be a bad opinion, at least it's true and honest. <laughs> Thank you very much. Woof woof is the other one. More pizza toppings, please. Have you ever had chicken tikka on a pizza? My dad used to run a restaurant and I had a tandoori restaurant downstairs and he put chicken tikka and I thought it was blasphemous. Blasphemous? Is that the word at first? It's all right. It's all right. I've got to say. How much money would it take for you to sell the rights to the two medics podcast, assuming Thrusha accepted the same offer as you did? You know what? A pre-offer through people. We can discuss that. Let's go for it. Okay, so how many people have you wanted to have on the podcast, but then had to rescind the offer or drop them from your list or desirable guests after they got caught up on a Twitter storm? This has happened once. This has actually happened once where we did have a potential guest coming up and they were absolutely getting caught in an absolute storm. And it was, I we didn't know what we were going to do because we weren't entirely happy with some of what was being said. And then they pulled out themselves. So there you go. What can you do? That was pretty much sorted uh, there for us. What's your guilty pleasure musical artist? Harry Styles. Man, look, the guy can sing and the songs are catchy. What's it? What's there not to like? I mean, this is this is good stuff. What is your ideal pet? Seriously, um, I quite like cats. I do like cats. Um, I just think, I mean, my daughter keeps asking us to get a cat, and I have thought about it a few times. But honestly, man, kids kids are a lot of work. I don't think I can handle another another like being to look after. Genuinely, it's just so much work. So um, that's not happening anytime soon. <laughs> not even water. Uh, yeah. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> not as though I've never heard that one. Are you going to have a pharmacist on the podcast? You know what? Yes. I've been very much thinking that we should have non, but we've had non doctors on the podcast, but we should have more, shouldn't we? Like, why have we not branched out more than that? Well, yes, uh, 100% we will. And if you are that pharmacist that wants to be on the podcast, do send us a message. What do you think is going to happen to the NHS? Oh, God. Okay, what do I think is going to happen to the NHS? I think it's in current in its current state. I think it's not going to be very good, and I think it's going to get. I think if it continues the way it is, it's going to get worse. And so, for your average Joe that can't afford healthcare, is going to have a pass. They're going to have a passable service, but the, for people who can remotely afford any kind of private healthcare, they're going to be incentivized to do that and go get private healthcare. And I think, being the paranoid person that I am. That might be the bigger goal here, because otherwise, why not just make the National Healthcare Service good? Or you gut it, and you make it passable, good enough, and anyone that wants to have a remotely slightly better experience of healthcare, 
they can pay for private care and then the private healthcare area booms and then you've got to start following the money and seeing who's getting paid off the back of that. A fifth year medical student on placement told me to F off when I told him to pull his sleeves up as infection control was on the ward. Should I have reported him to the med school? Yeah, clearly, I mean, look, it, of course, that kind of behavior is not good, is it? It's just, it's not great. It's really not great at all. But obviously, everyone's situation is different. I understand that because someone like me saying to yourself or anyone out there saying, yeah, you should go report them. It's easy because I may be coming from a point, a place of privilege in that. Yes, I do have some apparent, apparent authority in being a doctor and also being a consultant, meaning that there's only so much that can really come back to me. And so it's easy for me to say that. So it very much depends on the phrase that I like to use a lot. Is the juice worth a squeeze, right? So there's going to be a few hoops and all sorts of things to throw around. And I'm not sure it may be worth it, depending on what you think you're trying to get to. And so look, for example, I'll give you a quick story. I We had some medical students spend some time with us in radiology. And one turned up like a two weeks later. They barely turned up at all. I saw them once. And then they asked me if I could sign their documents off. And then they started coming and I said, well, why are you not getting the signed off? There's no reason for anyone else not to get signed off. And they started coming out with little sorts of excuses and stuff like that. And so I just wanted them to be like basically go away and it was fine, like whatever, I'm not too bothered. So I signed them off and then a colleague of mine was like saying, I shouldn't have signed them off because there's a lot of property issues and all this kind of stuff. And that person didn't turn up. And I thought, well, they said they did, but okay. So I tried to, I genuinely tried to find out like what the best course of action would be so i went and found the person that was in charge of the medical students that look if this issue had arisen what would one do and they just seemed completely not interested at all and so i was like yeah forget it then what can you do right oh i finally got to the last question what do you think of the news headlines patients could be charged eight pounds a day when in hospital under proposals from a former health service boss to raise more money for the nhs i don't know what the incentive behind this is so they're saying they want to raise more money for the nhs i think Eight pounds, it doesn't sound like a lot, right? But when you're going through a living like a living wage crisis and some people don't even make that much in an hour, when it comes to healthcare, I'd like to think that if you need to see a doctor, you shouldn't think twice. And something like a charge of eight pounds will make you think twice. And I don't think that's the kind of society that a lot of us will want to be in, right? I don't think we want to be in a situation where someone may hold off treatment because of eight quid right? Or their cancer gets worse because of eight quid. They may think, oh, well, I've got this chesty cough, but I could go see the doctor, it cost me eight quid, but I'm sure it's nothing to leave it. And then because of eight quid, they never get around to doing it. That's not a good situation. I really think that's a really bad situation. And I don't think that's something we should be going for. And I think there are other ways to fund the NHS. And that may be through taxation of higher net worth individuals. It may be through preventing certain individuals who allegedly may have used taxpayers' money to buy second homes, a duck house, heat their stable of their horses. There's so many places I'm sure they could cut the fat if they really wanted to. But uh, yeah, these are the kind of stuff they come out with to grab your attention. And I think it would be a bit sad if that were to be the case. Right, let me just do one refresh of this screen. And otherwise, I think I've managed to get through all the questions and be through a little bit of med Twitter as well. And have you guys listened to me drivel on for almost an hour? So first of all, thank you so much for all of those that still listen to the podcast, who continue to listen to this particular episode of the podcast, who continue to support Thrusha and I. I'm always so, so grateful for the small platform that we have 
And I really hope that we are doing you guys proud by representing medical professionals on some level. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Anyway, look, thanks for listening. That's what I'm trying to say. And I appreciate everyone that listens. Have a great week. Don't get cancelled. And I'll see you on the next podcast. Bye.